Welcome to the North Lakes Podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy Oswald. Today, a conversation about high blood pressure with family nurse practitioner Emma Cole and registered dietitian Rebecca Crum Johnson, who are both providers at North Lakes Community Clinic. Let's get started. My name is Emma Cole. I am a nurse practitioner here at North Lakes. I practice out of the Ashland Clinic and the Iron River Clinic. Great. And we also have a returning guest. Good to see you again, Rebecca Crum Johnson. Always good to see you, Jeremy. But for those who haven't tuned in before, tell us, share with us what you do here at North Lakes. I am a registered dietitian and certified diabetes education specialist. I think that's the name now. (laughs) And I go to Ashland, Hayward, and Iron River. All over. I'm all over. Yes. And I'm enjoying this. I mean, I kind of miss the snow, but the driving has been fabulous. That is true. Yeah, there has been not a lot of ditch work. Yes. Um, Today, we want to talk about high blood pressure. And we thought the two of you would be a good couple to talk to about it. Um, Want to start out with... Emma, just tell us how the how does the heart work and what is high blood pressure? So I think that sometimes people can forget that the heart is actually a muscle. Um, and so like any muscles, they have to work to do their job. The job of the heart is to pump the blood throughout the body. And a really high level um, explanation of the anatomy of a heart is that there are two atria, which are on the top and two ventricles, which are on the bottom. And so the heart will pump um, blood through into the lungs so that you can get oxygen into the, into the blood and then pump that oxygenated blood out through to the rest of the body. Um, and then it also works to bring that blood back to the heart to then get reoxygenated. Um, so high blood pressure, which in medical terms we call hypertension is when the force of that blood against the arteries or the walls of the arteries are, consistently too high. We're not worried about a one-time high blood pressure reading. It's that over time where it gets, you know, consistently high and then strains the heart and then the blood vessels as well. And so what, why is that bad if that happens? So that's a good question. Why, why would it be bad to have high blood pressure? Uh, Better or higher is not always better. um, And it can lead to some serious health issues such as heart disease, stroke, damage to the kidneys. um, And then you're you're overworking this muscle, um, which is the heart, which can put extra strain on it. It can make it grow bigger and then ultimately lead to damage within that muscle itself. So I always kind of try to think of it as a tire that if you put too much air in the tire, eventually it might not blow, but you're going to stress the tire and eventually it can blow. Yeah. That's a really good way of explaining it. Cause I think people can see that visual. I'm very much a visual learner. Yeah. So if you pump it and pump it and pump it, it can only take so much. Right. So drastically pop, but still like it's going to cause more wear and tear on that tire. You're going to have to replace it. The fibers of the tire are going to start separating. Mm. And those are things you can see when you do pump a tire too high Mm. over a long time with high blood pressure. Sometimes it's difficult to see the effects on it because it takes a long time, just like pumping up a tire would too. It's not something that happens overnight. And so how does this happen? Like how do people get to, how does their tire get too filled up? So, um, there are quite a few factors that can, um, affect someone with, 
normal blood pressure, getting high blood pressure or someone with high blood pressure, maintaining that high blood pressure. Um, we know that eating a healthy diet, exercising regularly, reducing your stress, limiting your alcohol intake and not smoking can help maintain a lower blood pressure, but also reduce someone that has high blood pressure. Sometimes those, uh, aren't always helpful or effective. And so then that's when your provider would elect to start you on a medication to help bring that blood pressure down. Um, and I could, but there's, there's other factors I've heard of, like what would some of those other ones be like is does age or genetics or yeah absolutely so um both age we expect um people to have a slightly higher blood pressure as they get older you can have genetic high blood pressure you know sometimes you can't uh you you're only dealt the genes that you're dealt you can't necessarily change that um but then other things like obesity diabetes your salt intake hormone levels and even certain medications can raise your blood pressure as well so it's it's certainly a discussion to have with your doctor to see you know what what of your specific factors are playing into your blood pressure readings hmm. um what are the two numbers and I, you know, I always go and I'm like, you have 790 over 350. I, I don't, you know, like, I know that's. <laughs> oh, not, my gosh. Yeah. That, that, that would be um, something to be studied in the medical journals because that would be quite, quite interesting. But what, so. So we have two numbers. Blood pressures are always reported in two numbers. You have the top number, which is your called your systolic blood pressure. And you have your bottom number, which is your diastolic number. Now, what we call a, quote, normal blood pressure would be that 120 over 80. Um, and the top number that systolic blood pressure is the amount of pressure that's, um, occurring when the heart squeezes and creates a beat. And then the bottom number, which is the diastolic number, um, measures the pressure on the arteries when the heart is resting in between beats. Now we know our heart pumps really pretty quickly. Right. And so it's, it's difficult for us to kind of understand that those numbers happen quite instantaneously. Um, but once again, that's why over time it's, it's damage to your heart. Thank goodness. <laughs> Maybe after this, we could just check my numbers. <laughs> we check that Emma's hard. numbers. Yeah, yeah, you should really check mine after this. They're going to be through the roof. <laughs> well, uh, they, when I was learning way back when in college, you know, a million years ago, um, diastolic, I always thought of that lower number is like dying, like the heart is in rest. So it's like down, you know, so that was how I always remembered it was that it's that down, it's dying, it's resting, you know, so that's what that lower number is, is your heart is at rest. I like that. Is that typically the higher number? No. Okay. Thanks. See, it's it's the lower. Okay. Yeah. The systolic is, I can't, I don't think I had one for that one, but. I always remember it as, um, South Dakota because, uh, you know, like South systolic Dakota diastolic and you know mm-hmm. it makes sense right um and that maybe i shouldn't say this but south dakota is inferior to north dakota <laughs> wow well yeah we'll just... for our listeners jeremy <laughs> and i had nothing to do with i'm so sorry that's... if any of you are from south dakota <laughs> but as a former fargo resident <laughs> oh, let, let the debates begin <laughs> well you know roosevelt liked north dakota, health podcasts cause uproar <laughs> <laughs> uh, way across uh, in wisconsin <laughs> right, right right um so becca how to like so the t- how do the two of you work together or maybe tell us a little bit about maybe going a little bit about how nutrition 
can help someone with their high pressure or hurt or how does nutrition factor in? So a lot of times when I'm being dealing with people with blood pressure, high blood pressure often goes with other diseases. So like you'll have high cholesterol, often you have diabetes. The three of those things go together quite a bit. Um, so a lot of times I'm dealing like with all of those. And luckily it's kind of the same diet for the most part, you know? So, uh, you know, cause a lot, I'll have people come in and it's like, well, I'm supposed to do this for this and this and this. And it's like, well, if you look at it, it's kind of the same. Um, so there is, you know, uh, I think like 20 years ago or so there was, um, some studies done with what we call the DASH diet. So DASH stands for dietary approaches to stop hypertension. Okay. So that's the DASH diet. And, um, and I was thinking, um, Jeremy, that I would maybe give you like a sheet that could be put in next to the. We'll add that. Yeah. We'll put it in the notes yeah, for sure. So you can yes, see please. What, Cause I'll be, I'll be talking about the guidelines. Um, and they did three different groups. One group, they're like, okay, you guys eat typical American diet. We're not doing anything. Second group, they said, we want you to eat this many fruits and vegetables. And the third group was, we want you to do fruits and vegetables. And they gave them more guidelines for the diet. Um, and actually, sodium-wise, it was 3,000 milligrams of sodium for everybody, So that, which is... Um, can be considered low sodium for a lot of people, but um, for a really strict sodium diet, that's not that low. <clears throat> so to give people a comparison, in one teaspoon of salt, there's 2,300 milligrams of sodium. Okay. Um, and so you're, you are looking at that sodium part when you're looking at the label. It'll say what the sodium is. Um, so anyway, this DASH diet was like four to five servings a day of vegetables, which probably won't surprise anybody. We always want people to do their vegetables. But keeping in mind, that's one cup of like raw leafy greens. It's half a cup of chopped raw. It's half a cup of cooked. So often we do like if you eat broccoli, you're going to probably eat a cup of cooked. So it's not as overwhelming as what people might think. Absolutely. Like I am kind of ashamed to admit that it was only within maybe the past couple of years that I realized, you know, four to five servings of fruit and veggies is really actually not that much. No, it's, it, and, 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 it, and it's unfortunate that it sounds like so much. Sometimes I think we should say vegetables are a cup so we can say it's two or three servings yeah. a day. And, yeah. and I think that actually would be a better approach. I think it would be too, especially, yeah. and then, you know, understanding that four to five servings of fruit and veggies, not well, you know, actually like for the, or, yeah, for yes. the dash diet, it's actually four to five of vegetables and four of fruit. Okay. So right. that's kind of where, you know, can it be different? And that's where if somebody has diabetes, they might go, oh, that's kind of a lot of fruit for yeah. me. You yeah. know, so that's something we would kind of deal with. So the fruit, though, um, is four servings a day and um, a medium fruit is considered a serving. So I want to think of somebody to think of like a tennis ball. Okay. Or apple. an apple? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Apple, orange, the bottom of a pear, you know, and some apples are very large mm -hmm. and that can be two or three portions. So we kind of, you know, need to like think of, you know, because fruit comes the way fruit comes. And a banana would be two servings because bananas are bigger yep. and 15 grapes would be a serving. So. So why, what, how does that help? High blood pressure. So okay, like, so is it, is it like eat this instead of that? Or there's actually things going on with vegetables? Well, with all the foods they're talking about, because with grains, they're talking about about six to seven servings of whole grains. You, there's all this great nutrition coming in all this. So it's like high fiber, 
Potassium is really important for blood pressure. Though, you know, sup- we don't want to supplement potassium because that gets into a whole new risk um, unless you're on medications where you need the potassium. But um, magnesium is super important for blood pressure, you know, and so a lot of the foods we're talking about is high fiber, magnesium, potassium. We found all these things are very important. And then also, hopefully when you do vegetables, you know, you can do fresh or frozen or canned that aren't salted. And you're not getting all that salt. Or sugared, too. I'm going to guess. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But sugar doesn't, you know, not as much research has been done with sugar and hypertension. But but you tend to not eat as healthy of foods. Um, and then you want to do the whole grain, six, seven servings a day. So, again, half a cup of brown rice is a serving. Most people eat more than that, you know. So, you know, um, dairy is kind of thrown in there, too. Um, a lot of people don't do dairy, and that's fine. There's other ways, but that's partially also calcium plays into it, and dairy has potassium in it. So, you know, that's another. And if you do proteins, you want to do the lean proteins, and plant-based proteins are fine. And that's also where you're going to get a lot of these. I always like that you kind of defer to me. No I know. I point and to I, I just want to say you don't have to. Like, I know, I know I've got this. Uh, but you're I'm a just, resident vegan. I know, but <laughs> so, but it, like, I, yeah. So here's my vegan two cents. Not that it's about me, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, yes. it's a diet that works for me mm-hmm. and everyone else. They have a diet that works for them. So I thank you for deferring, but don't, I'm not. <laughs> they like, don't know that I was pointing to. Well, I, <laughs> I can all. I always like to make you feel better about yourself. uh, And we all need that. Yes. (laughs) With the caveat that being vegan does not mean necessarily being healthier. Look at me. Oh, you're well, you can eat potato chips and be vegan. Yeah. Yeah, But yeah, but and Oreos too, right? I think Oreos (laughs) are totally. Yeah. Oh, Oh, for sure. (laughs) Oreos every day and not be healthy. Yeah. 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 So yeah, it's like any diet you can mess it up. (laughs) You know, it's like organic, you know, you know, organic, some of the organic uh, bacon, bacon, or, right. or organic, you know, candies. Oh, that's good that that candy's organic. So I'm sorry, totally derailed. <laughs> I apologize for that. Um, so the, if I can just, it sounds like the, the balance, balanced diet, it's good. It's, it's a lot of the dash diet is just, it's a good, it's just, it's not anything spectacularly different than what I would tell anybody. You know, yeah, you want, you know, your fruits and vegetables, you want to eat whole grains. I always say they, you know, most nutrition books can be like three pages, <laughs> you know, if we would just, you know, simplify well, it. I mean, I so I hear this frequently when I visit the doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't people do it? Like what's like what slows people down from this obvious it, and I bet you would say simple thing. Well, it's not. Sorry, it's, it's there's simple, my question. It's simple, it. but it isn't because mm-hmm. it depends on the person. Um, you know, if we want to just talk about like U.S. in general, we have a lot, a lot of processed foods. And also we've really drawn away from that. I want everything to be done quickly. So we want to make our food really fast, you know, and so it's just not become as much of a priority um, I also, we have it in our heads and I, I realize it can sometimes be more expensive to eat well, but a lot of times it's not, it just depends. And Jeremy, you and I have talked about this before in other podcasts is how much work you want to put into it. Mm-hmm. You know, a bag of brown rice is super cheap, 
but you got to cook the it. labor. Yeah. Yeah. It does take longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, for a lot of people, it can be daunting to see that package and be like, whoa, gosh, it's going to take 45 minutes to get this. And my kids are screaming in the background mm-hmm. and like, I got to get their homework done and I got to get them to bed. And, right. you know, I need time to decompress after a long day. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's true. It's, it's a lot, you know? And so it's like, you know, depending on what your life is, I'm big on batch cooking. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say that. <laughs> my I like to do meal a lot is of a leftover. Yeah. Yep. You know, my favorite yep. meal is leftovers because you just heat it up. Um, one kind of caveat with a dash diet that's interesting is they very specifically wanted you to do four servings of beans, nuts, or seeds, you know, and that is a lot of the fiber, the magnesium, the potassium. Um, so that's kind of interesting because typically you don't see that in some, in some of the recommendations. So like half a cup of um, beans is going to be a portion that's cooked. Um, and then nuts, if you make a hollow in your hand, take your hand and kind of hollow it out. That's a serving of nuts, you know, and nuts have great nutrition in them, fiber. But you want to watch your servings because they are mainly fat. Yeah. Just calorie wise. Got it. Calorie wise. Yeah. So it's all this. Um, the, a diet that includes these things, it's offering nutrients to your body, which is going to help your heart and yeah. going to help with high blood pressure. Right. And, and more, you know, and, and they did show that the DASH diet, when they, the adding fruits and vegetables improved pe- people's blood pressures, but the DASH diet significantly decreased mm. blood pressures. And then they later went on to adding studies where they, you know, decreased the sodium. And so they did like 3,000, 2,000, 1,500. And the lower the sodium was, the lower their blood pressures fell. And it was very significant. It was better than some meds. So. Awesome. So here's another broad question. Um, What's the difference between, is there a difference between high blood pressure and heart disease? Absolutely. So I'm glad that you asked that because there is a difference between it. Um, High blood pressure, like we reviewed, is the pressure in inside your arteries. Now, is that the same as heart disease, which it's not? Um, you can have structural heart disease absolutely being different than your high blood pressure. Um, and then, you know, you can have heart blockages with inside those, the vessels of your actual heart. Um, you can have high cholesterol. So these are all, you know, different than having high blood pressure. Um, and so, you know, one of, one of our jobs is to educate our patients, you know, yes, you have high blood pressure. You don't necessarily have heart disease or you have heart disease, but not necessarily high blood pressure, or you can have both. Um, so it, it's not, they're not, you know, one in the same and they're not, you know, always, or they're not always coming separately. Got it. So if you're a podcaster and wants to just synthesize things, you shouldn't, you should <laughs> right. find the two. Okay, good. <laughs> Just want to know, like all you podcasters out there. Um, so how did the two of you, do you collaborate at all? Um, you know, I, I'm not here in the clinic, so I'm not sure. Like, I, I like to think that, you know, the everyone at the clinic, you all get together and you help everybody out, mm-hmm. but I'm not here. So does that happen? And how do you guys work together? I, if if I could, I would send all of my patients to Becca every day. <laughs> All day. But then I'd have to work. But then she'd work more and, and then she would get less time with each patient and that wouldn't be fair either. Why, but why, why would you, why do you want to do that? Because Becca is 
the expert in this. And I'm not. I mean, I think people expect uh, medical providers to have so much education on nutrition. And we really don't. We get very little education on nutrition. Um, I can't speak to what doctors receive, but my understanding is that they also receive a small amount of education specifically regarding nutrition. And so, I mean, Beck has done her entire education on nutrition. And so to me, it's better for the patients to go meet with her and get all of the good information than for me to tell them a few blips of, of the information. And it's also time. I mean, you know, when you see your provider, there's a lot of different issues you have to deal with. You get what, 15, 30 minutes sometimes for an appointment, you know, so I can sit down with somebody, the first appointment, I block an hour, you know, and I'm saying very specifically, what do you eat during the day? You know, what's your work schedule? Who do you need to cook for? How much can you afford certain things? You know, providers don't have that time and it's not their fault, (laughs) you know, at all. You know, so that's the big advantage is that I can really sit down with somebody and figure out those issues. And, you know, making food for people is complicated. It's emotional and all that. So I can talk about, you know, where do we want to go with this? What are you willing to do? You know, just handing somebody a sheet isn't going to do it. It doesn't do it for any of us. No, it doesn't. For a rare person, it does, but very rare. So can you continue to answer that question then a bit about like, how do you help people? Like, what are some, you know, and we, I think we've probably talked about this before, but like, what are some quick things or not, not even quick. How can you help people? Well, again, it it always starts with like, what are you doing now? Mm -hmm. You know, cause I can't, again, I can't, I can hand people beautiful meal plans. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's meaningless. And, and so it's, it's like, what are your cooking skills? How much time do you have? You know, so, you know, it, it's, you know, so it's very, it's individualizing. That's how you help. And it is like reading labels, you know, and, you know, so just like example, if you see low sodium on the front of a label, that means, so if you have soup, okay, soup, commercial soup is very high in sodium. Then you have low sodium soup. The low sodium soup is compared to the original soup. It could, could say lower. So <laughs> yes. yeah, 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 yeah. So the definition isn't like it's a lower than a certain amount of sodium. That's not how it works. It's compared to that thing. So you still need to look at the label and say, how many milligrams does this have? You know, so I can teach people that way. Yeah, I'd rather you do the low sodium soap. That's great. If that's what you're willing to do. Wonderful. But look at what else you're doing. And Emma, how does that so must be nice to know that you have a partner in this that you're like you don't like oh good becca's there i can they're going to help this person and must be nice to know that you kind of have this resource in becca and the rest of north lakes to help you with your job it's such a relief because i know that um my patients um our patients are going to get really good care from becca and it's going to be very comprehensive um and well thought out and individualized because like we've said, everybody is different. Um, and what might work for one person is definitely not going to work for the other person. Um, for example, I have four kids at home and I live in Duluth. And so it's, you know, when I'm in Ashland, it's a 90 minute drive. By the time I get home, you can bet they're screaming at me to get that dinner on the table, like before I got home. Um, and so, you know, finding that individualized response is important for each person because we're all different. 
Well, and it's vice versa, too, because if I'm working with somebody and I'm like, they're doing everything they can do, you know, and I can come to Emma and say, we need to talk meds more. We need to talk, you know, you know, whatever (laughs) interventions you're going to do, because you do have those folks that are they're trying really hard and within their abilities. So then we need to look at other options. So it goes it's that back and forth conversation. Oh, how do we help this person? And if they're seeing another provider here, you may loop them in as well. I would oh, oh, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Right. You know, um, it, it's just like we all have insights and our our patients have all told us different things. And sometimes when I say something or the provider says to me and I'm like, oh, this makes so much more sense, yeah. mm. you know, and so we can treat that whole person. So the person's in the center, mm-hmm. you know, so we know what's going on. And we all have different ways of eliciting that information. Mm -hmm. You know, like I might've been focused on X, Y, Z during our visit and, you know, the hypertension, the high blood pressure is part of that, but not the whole reason for the visit. And then, so I don't get that information out, but then when they go meet with Becca, she's able to kind of hone in on some of that and get more information out that really is going to help provide um, better and more comprehensive care to the patient. Hmm. Um. So what are some other things? What else about high blood pressure should we touch on? Can I tell you my favorite high blood pressure story? Yes, of course. (laughs) So my brother was my older brother by six years. He was having like he was getting some issues with his eyes and he went in and it turned out. um, I think it was like a Mac macular degeneration thing. And so the doctor said, we're going to have to put a shot in your eye. And. So then they checked his blood pressure <laughs> and it was sky after after. after yeah. the- <laughs> so-, <laughs> Sorry. so the poor guy, you know, he's like, oh, we're going to do a shot in your eye. And then now let's check your blood pressure. Oh and the and the person taking his blood pressure said, well, Mr. Crom, your your blood pressure is really high. And Rex is like, you just told me you're going to put a shot in my eye. <laughs> I think anybody's blood pressure would be high after that. <laughs> so, so, you know. Um, you know, it's just one of those things that, yeah, that's stress. That's like that one time stress thing that makes your blood pressure shoot up. And, you know, and then the next time, I think he still gets a little hair blood pressure every time they do it. But I, I'm, I can't even think about those. I, I, <laughs> I know. Like I don't. He's kind of used to it now. I mean, he has to do it like every two months or something. But yeah, it's so just that. But if Rex had a shot in his eye every single day, that would be. And I think that's a really good point because we don't have someone come into the office and then, you know, arrive and have high blood pressure and go, oh my gosh, right now we're starting you on meds today. You're going to die. We're not going to do that Um, because we don't know what's going on. We don't know, like, are they very anxious to come here today? Is that something that's causing them so much anxiety that it's raising their blood pressure? So a lot of times we will, um, you know, do a full assessment, have them take their blood pressure at home. They can come into the clinic for a blood pressure reading um, without having to see a provider. And, you know, it's something that we will look at over the course of a little bit of time before, you know, saying, stop right now, do this. Well, white coat syndrome is a real thing. It is a real thing. So that's and that's what that's called. White coat syndrome is when people have high blood pressure only when coming into the office because it causes them so much anxiety. And so we really need to differentiate between white coat syndrome and true hypertension. Mm. Now, it gets a little deeper that there are other medical conditions and that can cause high blood pressure. So then we also have to find out, is this something that's caused by a different medical condition? But 
And and just to say team wise, the nurses that we have will call people when they're you know doing their blood pressures at home, you know, to find out what's your blood pressure and you know call them periodically so you can get a better picture of what that blood pressure is. So that's that team management and home management. Don't piece. don't we have a device that some patients take with them and then they're able to? It's just immediately uploaded to their chart. I'm not sure about that, but I know that we do have loaner blood pressure machines that we can send with patients to take home and check their blood pressures. I I think it does have that capability. There's just a lot of time. I I overdid my question. No, that's okay. But I I just, I don't know if that, I I don't know if we have that capability because those machines are going to be much more expensive. Got it. But there, we do. There's some some like Bluetooth ones mm -hmm. where it could connect your phone that are loaners. So. Got it, but that but I is. I don't a, know that they go directly into their epic chart. Yeah, got it. I like I that said, I nice. over asked. No. But <laughs> I should, like the real question is, we that there are ways that North Lakes yes. works with patients so that they can monitor their hypertension. Absolutely, at home. Yep, and I mean, we know that cost is a barrier to a lot of this. You know, to the eating, to the preparation, to the meds, to the checking of your blood pressure. And so we have a lot of different um, ways of mitigating that. You know, you can come in and get your blood pressure tested. If you want to come in daily, we can make that happen. Um, That would be a little bit more difficult for us to understand if it's truly white coat hypertension because you're still coming into the clinic. Um, But it is an option. We can send you home with a loaner blood pressure cuff that the nurses will teach you how to use. Um, We have the CSA program where we can help get patients fresh fruits and veggies during, you know, the agricultural season um, so that, you know, we're helping to mitigate that cost. Um, and I think they come with recipes too, right? Yeah. And that's the farm to patient program. So if you go online, you can go on there and there's an application. It's a great program. It's amazing. And it will open your eyes to the wide variety of vegetables that are available to people in this area. It's pretty fun that the location I work is a distribution point for that. And it's just fun to see like the these boxes of vegetables just showing up and people pulling up and there you go. So, um, I mean, it's not for everyone. It's a Absolutely. prescription. Yep. Right. And, you know, when I have, when I'm talking to a patient and, it's, you know, and I'm assessing their cooking skills and also what they're willing to eat. And it's, and then I'll say, oh, you'd be a great farm to patient person. You know, let's get your application in, you know, because I know they're really going to use it. Yeah. Mm. And, and they love it. It's no. like, it's like Christmas every week. Yeah, I, I know. Mean, the way I look. I every mean, other week. Yeah, every other week. Well, whenever it happens, it's just like, ooh. Unless it comes be? with kale. I hate kale. Oh, mm-hmm. kale. See, but then you give it I to will. somebody else. That's yeah. true. You know? And then it's Christmas for them. Yes, exactly. She's a what? Kale kale? I hate kale. <laughs> well, hate thanks kale. for coming in. <laughs> I just glanced at the clock to see if it was time to be done. I was yeah, like, oh, well, wait. let's no, just, I think joking. we can wrap this up now. No. <laughs> There's like, I'll give you all my kale. So, oh. so far, Emma, you have isolated the Dakotas <laughs> and kale eaters. And kale eaters. Um, so let's Sorry. keep it rolling. <laughs> so speaking of hypertension, <laughs> what, what could she do for the trifecta? Right. Well, and I, I know that when I go to the pharmacy, the pharmacy I go to, they have one of those high blood pressure machines, you know, that you can check and um, relieve me. Like it does. They're. I don't want, are they accurate? Is it worth that worth doing? And I, I mean, you don't know where I go on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's better than nothing. Um, the, 
the problem with it is that cuffs are not a one size fits all. Um, and so you really need to individualize the size of the cuff to the patient's arm. Um, if your cuff is too big for the arm, you're going to have a, um, artificially low blood pressure. If the cuff is too small for the person person's arm, you're going to have an artificially high blood pressure. And so, yeah, the cuffs, you know, at the pharmacy or Walmart, wherever they are now, um, that that's great. That's a starting point, right? It's getting you in to see it, but I don't want people to be like, Oh, this is my reading. This is, this is what I, this is what I am. This is, you know, they, they really take it too serious. And it's something that, like I said, it's a starting point. We get you into the clinic. We start to do that. And even home cuffs, like we will do what's calibration, what we call calibration with the cuffs. And we have you bring your home cuff in to the clinic so that we can compare it to our clinic machines. And so if it's a 20 point difference, you know, that when you go home and take it, that you have to, you know, adjust it in your mind by 20 points or whatever it may be. So do you have an opinion on the wrist cuffs? Um, once again, if it's what you have, I think that's fine. Um, if it's what you have access to, once again, it's fine. I tend to think they're not as accurate. Um, but for example, uh, when I worked in the ICU, there were patients where we could only get a wrist blood pressure. And so we took what we could get, or, you know, there's patient, we could only get one on their ankle or their thigh. And yeah, the gold standard is your upper arm. Um, but we have to understand that that might not be realistic for everybody. There's a lot of, um, medical in medical, I'm doing the air quotes information available. How is that good and bad? And, you know, like, I know like, wow, my knee really hurts. I'm going to the web and I'm going <laughs> to dig around and I'm going to find whatever thing. Trust me. I mean, that I trust. How's that help or hurt you or how is that good or bad or, you know, you want to go to reliable sources, the American Heart Association. So it's good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> it, it, reliable, reliable sources. sources. <laughs> um, you know, the first place I would go is the American Heart Association. I mean, they're going to be using information that's based on science and studies and, you know, that's a good place and it's going to be very user friendly. It's designed for the general public and, you know, and I, and other places would be like, you know, kind of like Mayo clinic would be fine. You know, yeah. there's some, you know, good ones out there that you can use, but I would start with the American heart. But, Association. I mean, in the room, people come to you and say, I saw this online. Does that happen for every patient or half or frequently? And is it, how's that, how does that affect how you treat people or how people are receive care? I, I don't know about you. I kind of expect it. Oh, I expect it. I mean, <laughs> let's be honest. I do it yeah. you know, for my own self. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm glad that patients are Googling because it means that they're taking an investment in their own body and their own health. I don't want them to get overwhelmed by it. I don't want them to, you know, freak out about it. I want them to come in so that we can assess it and evaluate it. But, you know, they're taking interest. They're, they're, um, trying to learn about it. So yeah, if you come in and tell me, Oh, I Googled this, I'm, I'm really worried. It's this great. Um, like, let me, let's work through it. Let me allay your fears. Um, you know, maybe it is that, and then we do what we need to do to fix it. Um, but I, I don't get bothered by it. Yeah. It's just, it, you know, it's just like anything on the web. It's when you go down those rabbit holes, yep. you know, and that's when it's like, Oh, let's step back. <laughs> right. I mean, and we all you know. know that WebMD is going to tell you that it's nothing or you're dying. And yeah. so most of the time, 
most of the time you're not dying. Um, yeah. Most of the time it's something in the middle. And I think that for anybody, medical or non-medical, that's something to remember that most of the time you're not dying. That mm. WebMD is every single time, regardless of what you're Googling, if you look on MD, WebMD, it's going to say you're fine or you're dying. And <laughs> it's somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah. So get that investigated. And yes. See what it is. Yeah. But uh, so... But the, I think the you guys are the experts, though. Like I, I'm one. Like there's got to be people out there, and this is you know this is Jeremy the podcaster. Who, what do I know? Like that are like doing that, and they're like, oh, I'm fine. You know, they they'll do that research and mm-hmm. research. There, I'm doing the air quotes again, and like, oh, I found the answer that I was looking for. I'm not going to call and Emma. And you or can Becca. go online and find out the answer you want. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing too, is if you're looking yeah. for a specific answer, you will find it. Yeah. Regardless of how far deep down in the internet you go. Yeah. And it's, and it's that, oh, I found it, yeah. you know, and it might be based on two people's anecdotal right. <laughs> experience, you know, and so that's going to happen. And, and if that's okay for you, that's fine. That's okay for me. Like I'm here if it's not okay for you. And if you don't like that answer, that's where I come in. You know, we can't, we can't make people do things. No. True. Know? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess. Yeah. I, good point. I'm not like, listen, everybody out there, <laughs> you should. Yes. You read that, but doesn't matter. That's not. Yeah. Thank you right. For, yeah. You just, you know, it's, you can, that's what the internet is. You can find people who agree with your point of view, but you know, any, on almost any subject. Yeah. It used to be like, well, I went to the library and I looked in the encyclopedias and oh, it said yeah. that an ulcer is not a big thing. <laughs> Days gone by. I used yes. the card catalog to yes. find the right. Oh, yes. <laughs> right. catalogs. I still kind of miss them. Right. Um, I don't. <laughs> no. Still not quite sure how to use it. <laughs> I like that they've turned into seed banks. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's a, like an yeah, excellent repurposing of And they were usually like these beautiful little oh, they yeah. drawers. Absolutely. They smelled yeah. good. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were very good. Um, so the kind of the corny question I have, and I'll make it somewhat interesting, <laughs> was I asked those, are you able to mend a broken heart? <laughs> so this is this. I was so excited to see this question <laughs> because it really gets into my nerdiness. Nerdiness. Let's get that correct. Um, so there, I mean. There's two parts to this. Yes, you can mend a physically broken heart most of the time. Um, if it's a an emotionally broken heart, that also usually we can mend. Um, but the best part about this is there is actually something called a broken heart syndrome, which um, in medical terms is called Takasubo syndrome. And it is where a big, huge, stressful event um, kind of stuns or weakens the heart. And you do have physical manifestation in your heart of a, you know, severely stressful event. Uh, and so that's why I get so excited because there is truly a broken heart syndrome. Um, and it's, it's temporary and most people recover from it. And most of the time the treatment is, you know, support, what we call supportive cares. Um, but uh, as a former ICU nurse, I have had this happen several times to patients, family members. Um, and so that's where I first started geeking out on it. Um, and also the side note is it's called Takasubo because the the part of the heart starts to uh, kind of look like a um, octopus, a certain type of octopus that the oh. Japanese call Takasubo. So come on. I, t- I, t- 
told you I was going to nerd out on this. Like I get so, I get so nerded out on it. I think he's making stuff up. (laughs) Hey, that you can Google. Go Google that. (laughs) Well, and I was thinking of it as a song and I thought it would be kind of fun. Right. Exactly. And as I was sitting. Well, we got, you know, the Gibbs, there were three Gibbs. Right. (laughs) But I mean, it's going to be Barry. It does speak a little bit about to the importance of the heart. Because as I wrote in my little notes heart here, there are not a lot of country songs about the liver <laughs> or the kidneys. It's all, you know, there's lots and lots of songs about the heart. Okay. I will say I, um, here, here's my trifecta. I hate country music. Uh, <laughs> Ooh. I'm so sorry. Boy, the, the kale eating country music crowd is going to light up From my email. South Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> So I grew up in rural Minnesota, like egg country, and it was just, I was surrounded by, by country music. I really don't like it. Um, but my understanding from the little bit of country music that I listened to, like they drink a lot in those country songs. So right? I was going to say the alcohol. Is yeah. I, okay. Bad analogy. So. There's not a lot of pancreas. But they're country singing. Songs. They're, How about they're drinking because of the broken Yes. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tied that back right back in. <laughs> Um, so I know we're yucking it up here, but I did want to say one thing that's serious, <laughs> please. Um, I do want to talk about label reading for sodium. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So when you always look on the back of your label and it'll say, you know, so many milligrams. So recommendations are doing at least less than 3000 milligrams per day. So you can look at the milligrams. If you have blood pressure or problems, less than 2000 milligrams is recommended. Um, however, that can be kind of overwhelming for people like trying to figure that out. Um, you can look at the percentages, which I'm not big on looking at percentages, but for sodium, it's helpful. If it's less than 5%, that's very low sodium. 10%, you're okay. If it's over 20%, be very careful of how much you eat of that food. And definitely check the portion sizes, because obviously if you have three portions, you know, it's adding so just kind of double check. Other that. than you mentioned soup earlier, what are some other sneaky ways sodium is getting ingested? Basically anything that's, pro- you know, if it's like rice roni and, you know, just any of those pre-packaged things. Um, frozen dinners tend to be very high in sodium. A good, if you're looking at frozen dinners, less than 600 milligrams per dinner, that's mm. pretty good. And know. I think the thing to note is the reason why these... Um, foods are so high in sodium is because it's used as a preservative. Um, and so these foods and it's for taste and taste. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so they're, that's, you're going to find them in that. That's why you're also going to find them in the canned foods as well. So you need to really watch those. Cause it's it, a lot of times it's pretty insidious. You don't realize that, Oh, I'm buying a can of canned green beans. Why would there be sodium in that? And right. then you get home, you look at it and you're like, Oh, wow. That actually has a lot of sodium. Yeah. And so salt is the number one additive in the American food supply. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's and we like salt. Yeah. Know. I mean, it tastes good. Yeah. yeah. You know, it. we like to like really have a lot of it. So it's, we, a, it's the next kind of podcast could be about how much sugar is added to the American diet. <laughs> right. <that time. laughs> sugar. I think we talked about that last year. We might have. Mm-hmm. Because that is also fascinating. And yeah. actually, the history of that is very fascinating as well. Yeah. Well, 
Oh, and you're back. I'm not volunteering thing. myself. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Becca, you're right. I think in one of our previous podcasts that you've been on, you did, we talked about that. Yeah. We kind of talked so, about sugar addiction, and which it's in everything. And, right. And it was, a, I, I wish I could pull out the name of the podcast. Was it a diabetes when we did maybe? I don't know. That, anyway. that was two years ago. I think we called it like sugar addiction. I think it was there you like go. Sugar I think you're right. Yeah. Thank you. So, but here's my last, thanks for doing this. Oh, um, but I got a last question for you and I'm going to ask you first, Emma, um, what's in your car right now? Oh my God. You don't want to know. My car is such a mess right now. It's embarrassing how messy my car is. Blame the kids. I can't. It's all in the front. <laughs> what's one thing that's in your car? Uh, my kids skis are in the back. There's a couple of random socks in the back as well. Cause they take them off in the car and leave it there. And my sunglasses. I left them in there this morning. Not bad. That's not bad. Could be worse. <laughs> Becca, did you, you knew this answer, this question was coming? Did, did you change like well, what happened? Like clean your car out typi- before this? Or? Typically this time of year, I permanently have my cross country skis in here in my car. Not this year. I have my walking poles. Oh yeah. That's <laughs> are in my car now. Cause I've been doing some great hikes, but yeah, skiing has been pretty much nothing. And I want everyone to know the reason we got such a good winter this year is because I bought a season pass for cross country skiing last fall. Well, I think we could debate that word. Good. <laughs> I, True. Like, a so, but Mar- let's save that for another podcast. Mar- marching over yet. Right. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Um, any last things that I didn't ask that you would like to share before we wrap this up? Um, yes. So I would like you to know that I just realized that Mrs. Dash seasoning is named because of the dash diet. Thank you for asking. Cause I like, I, <laughs> I, actually I didn't had know to, that. I didn't either, but I had to Google it. That's great. To, well, it makes sense. It makes sense. And I never put two and two together. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> wow. Excellent thank you for that. Um, thank you both so much. Really yeah, appreciate the time and um, look forward to seeing you again. Uh, really appreciate the time. You're welcome. I've Thanks enjoyed it. Us. So thank you. Awesome. Have a great day. You too. All right. Bye. Watch your sodium, everybody. When was the last time that you got your blood pressure checked? Has it been a while? We can help you with that at North Lakes. Give us a call. North Lakes Community Clinic is a federally qualified health center with locations throughout northern Wisconsin. Our mission is to respond to the health care needs of our communities with an integrated array of quality services and actively remove barriers to wellness. Our doors are open to all people. Learn more about what we do by visiting our website, nlccwi.org. My name is Jeremy Oswald, and I'm a marketing and communication specialist here at North Lakes. Please review this podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. We appreciate that you took the time to listen. Have a great day, and thank you very much.